Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome into the Monday Scramble podcast. Jay Coffin here with Rex Hoggard and Ryan Lavner, my two trusty cohorts here at Oakmont. And fellas, the 116th U.S. Open's about ready to, to kick off. And we've been here for a few days marinating. Um, so, Rexy, we'll start with you. What so far is is at the top of your mind for biggest stories? So far, it's been the golf course. It's all we talked about, really. Oakmont, and it's such a difficult golf course. They call it the most difficult golf course in major championship golf. I don't know you'll find many guys around here this week that will disagree with that. My only hope is that we're not having the same conversation on Sunday afternoon. My hope is that when the tee shot goes in the air tomorrow at 6.45 a.m., that that's it. I don't want to hear about the golf course anymore because if that's the case, then something went wrong. And I think after last year at Chambers Bay, I would just rather focus on the golf and how many guys are going to potential favorites this week. I mean, off the top of your head, who would be the favorite this week? Jason Day. He's the world number one. He's playing better than anybody. He's long. He's accurate off the tee. He's got the best short game. Uh, so Jason Day would be the favorite, of course. But the thing that's striking me, Rex, is how different this is from last year. People were talking about the golf course in Chambers Bay. It was how tricked up it is, and the, the greens are bumpy, and it's kind of unforgiving. And it's just it was like they were playing on the moon. This is a traditional U.S. Open golf course that we're used to seeing with thick rough and really narrow fairways. Uh, rock hard greens and probably the quickest greens that these players will face all year long so that's what strikes me here and it doesn't really favor anybody you can look at long hitters they'll have success here if they put it in play and you can also look at you know a Jim Furyk Zach Johnson type who are you know accurate off the tee and they're really not going to make doubles and triples and that's what's funny too when you're talking about the golf course and everything you know we're at, at 52 weeks ago we're there and guys are just hammering that place, right? The greens, the browns, the broccoli, the cauliflower, whatever it was. And by all accounts, this week the winning score is going to be much, much worse than last week. So it is, basically, it doesn't matter what you do to the place, as long as you have pure putting surfaces, really, they're not going to say much, and they're as pure as can be out there. Just got done talking to Phil and you know, talking about putt. You know, these greens might be a little bit more difficult to putt than Augusta National. So I agree with you, Rexy, that the golf course is it. It's always going to be it, but I hope like hell come Sunday we don't even you know we don't even worry about it but it's back to those top three guys Jason Day would be the guy who would be the favorite on my, on my list but I kind of like Rory as a as a 1B um, I think I would probably put Dustin Johnson as third before Jordan Spieth and Jordan Spieth fourth still because he is the defending champion and oh by the way he's Jordan Spieth and finds a way to get the ball in the hole more than just about anybody else but it really sort of does start with those three guys, doesn't it? Maybe sprinkling a little Phil, DJ, 
you kind of have the same cast of characters. I'll say time this, and, again. and I was just thinking about this walking over. And look, for, for a lot of different reasons, I think this golf course is going to mitigate the really good putters. And we've heard it. We just heard it from Phil. I heard it from Adam Scott. We've heard it from everybody because everybody's going to be playing for a two putt. There aren't going to be many birdie putts out there. It's just the nature of these greens. They're, they're so undulating. They're so difficult. You're just trying to put yourself in a position where you can putt. That being said, Jordan is still on my list as favorites. But if he were somehow to win this, it, it would be the greatest win of his career because I don't think he would do it the way he did it last year at Chambers Bay or the way he did it last year at the Masters. He's not going to be rolling in one 20-footer after another. It's going to be he's going to do it with his ball striking. He's going to do it with his brain. He's going to stay below the hole. He's going to two-putt when he has to. I would actually go so far as to say, and I think Dustin on my list would be a little bit higher for the reasons I just said. Ball striking, I don't know that anybody's hitting the ball better than him right now. And he's not going to have those opportunities to have those late round lapses with the putter. Except for Dustin John. I said this to, to Lavner. I said this on this podcast. Dustin Johnson could never be considered the overall favorite until he's won one. No, I think Jason Day still has to be yeah. the overall favorite. He's world number and one for a reason. To go back to you talk about putting. So, okay, maybe putting. You're, you're still going to have to make five, six footers to save par. But then you, what you're telling me is then lag putting is more important than actual Sure. Running in 15, 20 well, footers. You're, you're not going to have yeah. 15, 20 footers for, for birdie all day long. It's yeah, just right. not going to happen. Yeah. But you are going to have to make your 5 to 10 footers, which I think is why Jordan Spieth, you'd still put him up there, you know, third, fourth, fifth best pick this week just because he can make those putts with, with such regularity. But, Rex, I would, I would uh, you know, kind of nitpick with something you're saying here <laughs> that this would be the greatest victory of Jordan Spieth's career. He's already showed that he can win gritty he can win ugly last year at chambers bay he wasn't making everything in sight he actually was solid with his ball striking and he didn't make a bunch of mistakes say for the 71st hole but that was a complete contrast to what he did at the masters so to me he's already shown that he can win ugly and win gritty and i think this kind of test is actually better for him than maybe a shootout oh i would disagree no not at all because i Look, if you go to the Masters, we all say it, it's a putting contest, right? I mean, that that's really what favors him. He's a great putter. I'm not trying to take anything away from the rest of his game. He, he's very good off the tee, and he's very good with his irons. Is he as good as the other guys that we're mentioning in this conversation, Jason Day, Rory, Dustin Johnson? Absolutely not. He would probably even be the one to tell you that. I'm not saying that he can't get it around this golf course. I'm just saying that given the situation, given the circumstances and the conditions of the golf course, this one would be very impressive. I think it would do away with that label that he's just a putting specialist. Well, and in, in, in talking about that too, you know, somebody who said winning this week absolutely would probably be his best accomplishment is Rory McIlroy, right? In the four majors he's won, his winning scores between been between 1,300 and 1,700. So every one of these things that he's won, which as impressive as they've all been, have been They're all so track beats. They, every single one of them, right? And he, for him to sit there and say, look, I'm not sure if it would be the best, but this would prove that I am absolutely a complete yeah. player, right? So, you know, I, th I think we think that, you know, if it rains, that might help Rory a little bit more too, but I don't think we can overlook Rory at all in any major, but even this week where even par is going to be a good score. And I will say this, of all the people that came to the media center this week or that I've spoken to on the range, Phil Mickelson, Rory McIlroy, they seem to have the best attitudes of anybody I talked to. I mean, You're winning, winning the press conferences? They won the press conferences. I, I think Phil obviously comes into this week with a little bit more pop in his step because of what this means to him. But I, I loved what Rory said when he was in the media center. He talked about 
just trying to be smart playing this golf course. He talked about, no, he's not overwhelmed. That, look, it's going to be difficult for everybody. I just think his mind's in a very good spot. And he's got a lot of confidence now. He's got that monkey off his back. He hadn't won in more than a year, so he won at the Irish Open. You know, he played decently. His fifth at, major. Yeah, exactly. So he can he can roll in here, and they're supposed to get some rain on Thursday. You're supposed to get some rain on Friday, so maybe it takes a little bit of the fire out of this golf course. But... I think he that still only has him. such an advantage with the way that he can shape the ball into these fairways. He's so, he, I mean, he's three thirty and, and long. He's coming in there with irons, and he's you know he's he putted putted pretty well at uh, at, at the memorial as well. So, uh, Rory certainly he's, I, he's probably one B. I like what you said there, Rex, about you know Phil and Rory. Whether they can pull it off is one thing, but but they're both thinking clearly right now, right? They're, they both know patience. Both of them have said they're only going to hit between, what, two and four drivers, you know, both the par fives and maybe a couple par fours, but they know that they absolutely have to get it in the fairway. And Rory's super aggressive, Phil's super aggressive, but they're both talking about patience and just making sure that we get in the fairway, and then we'll worry about everything. The, the biggest thing I, that I took away from Rory was basically saying that there's a chance he aims for the same spot into every green every day and, and just deals with whatever putt it is that he faces, right? Well, so he's going to find a spot out there, Yeah. okay, and we're going to hit it here maybe every day, knowing that it's not going to kill me wherever the ball ends up. And you know what? You don't hear that in a lot of majors, you're, but you're it's gonna, pretty you're smart. Gonna, you're going to make Bogey at worst. That, it's so. exactly right. It's and exactly. it's a lot like Augusta National in that matter, where you're aiming away from a lot of pins. Are we really going to bury the lead? And we walked out of Phil Mickelson's press conference just now, and the, these words came out of his mouth. The closer they get over the line, the better his chances are. I didn't understand that. I don't he does understand. Not that. have a proven record of when it does cross the line. Shinnecock being the blinked. prime example. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't quite know what. To, I, I love that he said it, but I don't. I don't really know what the hell he meant. I don't. I mean, and, and first of all, we're not going to go. I don't, I don't really think for any of us think for a second either. They're going to go over the line, right? Is this place going to be ridiculously hard? That's, that's the yes. beauty of Oakmont. You exactly. don't have to trick up this golf course. Chambers Bay, you might have had to protect a little bit. This place is plenty tough on some. Marion, they felt like they This place is going to kick you in the junk 70 to 75 times a day. Right. I don't think for it's going I don't think it's going to cross the line, but Phil, for some reason, wants it to get there perhaps so he can... Who knows? I, and, and, and total speculation here. You never want to try to crawl inside Phil's mind because that's a very dangerous place to be. Was he actually saying that maybe he's mentally tougher than everyone else in this situation? I think that's what he was implying. Yeah. That it, he has the skills to handle a situation like that better than anyone else, that, that, which is shocking. He can deal with it when you get the bad bounces and you, and you have to knock it out sideways in the whole nine yards. And, and, I, don't, and I found that And I don't believe that. You're not buying it? Well, and I don't... Well, and I, well Look how bad he was at the Open Championship for 25 years. And I know we're kind of talking about apples and oranges, but one of the reasons why he never came to peace with that place was because he couldn't come to peace with the fact that you could hit it in the middle of the fairway and it might end up in the left junk, right? That's part of the reason why he couldn't. So, so saying that he, that he wouldn't mind a U.S. Open course going over the line because he has the tools to be able to deal with something like that showed us for the first 24 years of his life that he can't do it when he flies across the pond. I know it's different, but it kind of isn't. No, no, I, and you're absolutely right. A part of this might be middle games. I mean, cer- certainly Phil's pretty good at that, and this is the one that has escaped him. He talked about this. This is the one I want to win the most, but I, I found that fascinating. That he he's would go he's the guy with the most scar tissue. Why would you want 
to have the most difficult conditions where you can start to have some demons pop up. Well, and he makes the comment that he hasn't even practiced hitting out of bunkers because every bunker you hit in, you're just going to hit out sideways. He hasn't, he hasn't practiced in the rough, on the rough either. The rough. Oh, and, and the rough. Yeah. yeah. He'd rather hurt himself that, that in the golf tournament than before the golf tournament. Yeah. Right in line after what happened last year. And then the last part was, and, and reading the transcript, I wasn't in there, but how many times did Jason Day say he was stressed? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what that means. You've been listening to that stressed out song a little, a little bit yeah. too much. I don't know. I don't know what it. I don't know what it means either. Because, and we talked about this at, at dinner last night. It was where Rory sort of poo-pooed that whole statement, and that maybe I don't know whether he did it on purpose or not. But Rory, I was think in, that's the personality. But yeah. no, it is. Yeah, yeah. Rory was asked afterwards. Hey, you know what? Jason Day was in here earlier talking about how he's never been more stressed out. You know than he is right now, being the number one player in the world and going through all this stuff and everything. And and what were your thoughts about when you're Rory's like, no, I, if you're number one, number three, number eight, or number twenty, you're trying to win just the same. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like the, I didn't really like the stressed out line. Well, Rory, Rory tends to la di da his way through through life, and you can tell Jason kind of <laughs> wants to validate his number one ranking. He puts a lot of pressure on himself. He's got Tiger in his ear. You know, he wants to. Wants to make you know his 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 big mentor mentor proud, but you know it's it's how everyone handles number one differently. I think Jason's actually done a remarkable job of, of kind of backing up his play with his ranking. But that was a strange glimpse into his mind. I'm not sure it's going to be the reason why he plays well or, or or plays poorly here. But it was certainly a interesting revelation, to say the least. Well, I mean, it gives you a glimpse of how bad he wants it. I mean, he's talked about that recently. We talked about this at dinner last night. How many guys on tour really want that spot? I mean, he does. I, yeah, yeah, he does. We no doubt about it. Rory does. Jordan does. Jordan yeah. does. Patrick Reed does. Once you start getting five, six, seven deep on that list, it, you start wondering, are these players out there just to make a paycheck? Are they out there to be, live a comfortable lifestyle and win a couple events maybe over the course of their career? Or do they really want to be the best? Well, and, and to bring it back to the guy that, that's made golf world go around, that's what I've said it a million times about, you know, Ti- Tiger Woods wanting to w- no, but, Tiger Woods but him, him wanting to wake up every morning for 20 years and beat the crap out of everybody in front of him is is pretty impressive because he had he just wanted to keep doing it and wanted to keep doing it. The more he did it, you know, the and more Jake he wanted to. I, and, it was, and, and Jason Day also knows that he's on a bit of a heater here. I mean, he's been injury-plagued yeah. his entire career. He seems to be in good health besides a little head cold here that he's battling uh, at Oakmont. But he knows he's probably got... A certain number of years where maybe his body's going to give out or he's going to devote more time to his family so he wants to maximize the time that he does have how well he's playing how long he can hit it how well he's putting and just kind of ride it out as long as he can all right guys so you know we've we've beat the uh the golf course to death in the top three the top four guys that we think anybody else anybody sort of off the radar well, I think dark horse. Is that what you're I, looking for? Because we're going to have a hard time def- defining <laughs> this exactly, is exactly what a dark Rex horse is. is. Rex is going to pick Brandon Grace, just like he did the podcast, folks. Look up the podcast for the Masters Preview Edition. Going to back down from, from our rental Grace. house. He picked Brandon Grace. I think what did he shoot? Eighty. Completely blew up on the first round. But Rex, had a good turn. I would love to hear. I would love to hear a convincing argument why Brandon Grace is your big time sleeper this week. I mean, he made a good run last year at the Chamber at Chambers Bay, finishing tied for fourth. He proved he can compete. He also hit it on the railroad tracks on the 70th hole. But go on. Well, I mean, I I don't know that a lot of people were hitting exactly straight on that moonscape. So I think he proved last year with the tie for fourth that he can compete in the U.S. Open on on any type of difficult venue. And if you look at his record over the course of this year, he's already won two uh, two times around the globe. I don't have a problem with that. I think the dark horse pick was actually what I was going for. Sure. Which, which then we get into the debate of 
What's is a dark it, horse? Is top fifteen really a dark horse? No. no. Anybody outside the t anybody outside the top fifteen is a dark horse. So let's go ahead and take who's number sixteen. Is that how the rule, the rule Kepka, works? I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not making the rules, but, but yeah, you did make the rules. You did actually, the case. folks. I would I would tune in July fifteenth when Rex makes uh, Brandon Grace his sleeper for the Open Championship. If, if we actually are looking at sleepers, I think Brooks Kepka is a good sleeper. I think Lee Westwood, who's actually playing very well into his forties now. If we can just recycle this podcast, record. we can just run it in, in July. That way, I don't have to say it again. Say the same guys, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I think those are two guys to look out for. Uh, Snedeker, yeah. kind of like him. Sergio's coming off the win at Nelson. Here's a better one. Who's going to be this year's David Thompson? David Thompson, 2007, finished tied for fifth here. You would not have thought that, given the conditions. But who is this year's David Thompson? Jim Furyk? Maybe. That's, that's good. He finished, finished second in 2007. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's completely healthy yeah, after coming back. Yeah, I mean, that one would be a little Webb Simpson? We're just spitballing here, fellas. Webb Simpson? Uh, I was going to go with Zach Johnson. But yeah. Zach Johnson does not have a top 25 in his U.S. Open career. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> so that's kind so of that the point be, of this That would be a dark horse. <laughs> that would be a dark horse. You'd be extremely dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else you knuckleheads want to uh, want to do? Do you, do you think Phil actually has a chance to win? I don't, I don't want to reopen the whole Do you think Phil can win this week? Yes. Of course he can. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He played solid the last two weeks. There was confidence in there was so much confidence in, in so him last you week said in like in, Inside the top 20 or outside the top 20, you, you pick in? In. Absolutely. I would say right around 20. I, the thing that gives me hesitation about Phil, yes, he's putting arguably the best he's ever putted his entire career. He hit less than half the fairways in Memphis. He won't be able to get away with that at Oakland. <laughs> yeah, really. No, said he found a fix on the weekend in Memphis when I talked to him about it. And look, this is going to be Phil. He said, Phil always have a fix? Uh, oh, yeah. He always just has a fix. Ask, just, ask him. just ask him. He'll tell you about it. But here's the deal. It, he just said it himself. The one thing that's going to hold Phil back, anything less than a win this week, yeah. is going to be a disappointment. That is a tough mental hurdle to come up, to overcome if you're any player, especially a guy that's been banging your head against the U.S. Open wall for as long as he has. Mm -hmm. When you get in the back nine Sunday and you think about what happened at Mary, you think about what happened at Wingfoot, you think about what happened at Shinnecock, it gets, there's uh, a lot of scar tissue. It gets to get pretty... Pretty heavy, pretty through. quick. Does it? Dustin Johnson do it? Yes, I think we've established he that he no, is. No, but I mean, here, we're, we're talking about what happened last year at Chambers Bay. Does, is there any baggage Justin's there? Justin's got, there is baggage, but I'm not sure just Dustin's the type that's actually going not, to, to dwell on those kind of disappointments. But until he but till he finally does, it's just, you know, the easy answer is to say no. Didn't, that, didn't, that didn't you just write a long story about him on GolfChannel.com? I did. He talked about his, his disposition, how it just kind of, yeah. just falls right off his shoulders. Do you want me to get into that? Is that what no, you're no. asking? No, no, we're good. I we're think good. I think you should just save it for the July 15th Check podcast. out GolfChannel.com. It's, it's right there. All right. I, um, do you guys have anything else to say for yourself? Because I'm Rex about to save himself for the, for the Open Championship podcast. All right. You're holding back, Rex. No, I am. I, I feel solid that uh, Brennan Grace is going to have another good week. And we can revisit this on Saturday night. All right. Once again. Uh, that wraps it up for this special edition of the Monday Scramble podcast from here at Oakmont. Make sure you check out all of our coverage on GolfChannel.com and follow us on Twitter. We will see you next time. Thanks for checking in. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.